The Go Forth Learn podcast explores the growing disconnect between schools, teachers, students, and parents. Through conversations and interviews, the Go Forth Learn podcast aims to identify root cause issues in secondary education and cast a more relevant vision for engaging an effective education for the next generation of students. Go Forth Learn is produced and hosted by Dr. Stephen Lang, a veteran school leader in both public and private schools over the last 20 years. In this episode of the GFL podcast, we interview Tim Hainsworth. Tim is an international music educator and school leader with over 24 years of teaching experience in schools around the world. Tim currently works as a teacher and deputy head in Hong Kong, and he has previously worked at schools in the United Kingdom, the United States, and Australia. In this interview, Mr. Hainsworth discusses the value of focusing on learning processes over results and the importance of community building as factors in addressing student well-being concerns in schools. Mr. Hainsworth states that the ingredient that has the ability to bind it all together is the community, and this brings into play a very meaningful sense of belonging for students. He goes on to discuss the idea that good educators know what to do for today's students. The challenge before us is how do we get started with the practices that we know are needed now and bring the school community on board to enact those changes. So, uh, so Tim, one of the reasons why I, I wanted you to be on the podcast is because of the breadth of experience you have, you know, you just, you, you've really worked literally all over the world, you know, over 24 years, you've got, I think, really great perspective to compare, you know, different settings and scenarios, you know, this, yes, this podcast has been set up to explore, you know, what I'm curious about, which is, um, I've characterized it as a growing disconnect between what I see families want, what I see that students want from school, and, you know, what I, what I see that teachers think is best. And, you know, I think there, there are always generational clashes, right? Or there's always maybe, maybe mission misalignments in various schools to, to some degree. But I feel like that's that's getting wider. One of the things that you and I had just talked about before we started our recording here is the idea that with all of the, the pandemic disruptions, um, or I said to you that I'm seeing more and more families and students like mm -hmm. seriously questioning why they even need to be coming into the building every day. Right. And that's a really new conversation. So I guess the question behind all of that is, is to say, what do you see in that regard? What are, what have you experienced um, uh, over the last few years in terms of those things? Mm -hmm. do, you, do you agree with that perspective or disagree or maybe have a different take on it? Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I've definitely seen and know of students and families who are for um, online learning and or, uh, or a hybrid model even uh, for where students may be going to school for PE and uh, maybe some sort of um, practical activities or the arts um, or other kind of enrichment activities. But um, and some students who are actually performing better academically online but 
I do think that what I've experienced in in a number of settings is that the the popular choice is still for students to be you know socializing and be a part of in-person activities with their peers and also with the the interaction with their teachers and and the environment uh, because we we are now in a world where um, and particular particularly in some of the um, settings that I have been fortunate to find myself in where the environment is something else now you know we, we there's such a, a focus and, an, and a, a an investment in this in school environments and education technology and and the aesthetic of the whole building and it, it, it's like so, some schools are like walking into you know a, a futuristic you know kind of very inspiring space um, and so parents want that as well they and and you can see students benefiting from that, whether it's, you know, creating spaces for students to collaborate in and such like. And I, I find that very exciting. And, and so, uh, you know, of course, you know, I want to be in those spaces as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I want, to, I want to be in there with them. So there is that aspect. But the disconnect is definitely very, very real um, between you know, what a lot of parents, and especially in some of the settings that I find myself in that are, you know, fee-paying settings where parents want, you know, the end result is they want their students to have a good time, but they want them to get the results to go off to a great school. Mm -hmm. And then the disconnect between, or, or, or sort of a, a little bit of a, more of a limited look at the process it takes to get those results is part of the disconnect that alarms me i think mm -hmm. and and you know it's like there's a great um interview as there are many with with sir ken robinson as you'll know where he talks about talking to a, a student who had studied dance for four years and he's and he absolutely you know as a, as a listener you understand what his point is when he says to the to the young lady and so what did you get out of that and she said a b <laughs> you know and I think that is the that is the crux of one of my big concerns right there because that student failed to understand the the question in the moment which was no seriously what did you get out of it what did you get out of the experience of the of, of something you obviously clearly enjoyed for four years um what what did you get out of it and I think that's alarming that you know we need our young people to be able to uh describe what it is they're getting out of their learning process and if they can do that i think that can kind of would help their parents as well mm -hmm. you know it's like it's like assessment you know somebody can run a mile in four minutes right that's that's not an assessment that's just a statement mm -hmm. but if you say somebody can run a mile in four minutes but the person in the county next door is running it in three minutes 60 seconds you've got an assessment going on because there's a measurement right um and that gets lost as well. And so I think we're always having to uh, educate parents as well or in communicate and inform, certainly not patronize. That's a very rich uh, answer. I mean, I think you talked about results versus process, which I think is mm -hmm. really poignant. And, you know, I love the example of, you know, we need students, we need people to describe 
you know, what they're getting under the surface, right? That we call that metacognition, right? Thinking about thinking about thinking, but you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the relationship between that and and autonomy or agency, Mm -hmm. right? Which is, you know, if I'm just focused on on an end result or a numbers-based goal, and I'm really not even sure why I'm doing it. It's right. really tough to be there. And so I think that that's something that we should all be mindful of as educators. But let me ask you this question. I'm going to try to make a link to what we talked about earlier. Like, what, what do you see? So we've kind of talked around a couple of different things here, which is um, we've talked about, I think one of your really important points was is the Ken Robinson piece, right? Which is about... Yeah, process. And then we also have this, um, this thread in the conversation of um, increasing anxiety and depression rates with kids. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the relationship between autonomy, support and wellness? Mm -hmm. And, And should schools be operating differently to achieve that? I I think, well, and I'm going to over talk, right? Because I want to hear from you. But I think, I, I think lots of people I talk to are saying like, okay, we've put in a more counselors and we've put in a bigger intervention pyramid and we've got, right. and, and P, we yeah. should be doing those things. Right. So I'm not criticizing yeah. those things. Right. But yeah. sometimes I look at that and I think, okay, we're adding supports to keep putting students through a grinder that's not working for them. Right. Yeah. So it's like the support yeah. is in place to get you back on a path that's actually not, not healthy. For yeah. you. You, you get what I'm saying? It's like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It can be a vicious circle. Right. With, it can be, uh, it can be a bit of a roller coaster ride where, yeah. you know, there's an up and then there's a down, there's an up, there's a down, that kind of thing. I think that within all that, the thing that comes very clearly to my mind um, that binds together all of the good processes and systems that we, we put in place and that then exist, but then there's still a disconnect. The one ingredient that has the ability to bind it all together is the community. Mm-hmm. The culture of the school, the environment, I, I'm very passionate about environments, as, as you've probably gathered, um, but the, the sense of community is I think, you know, because then that that brings into play a very, very meaningful um, sense of belonging mm-hmm. for students. It's not just an identity like, oh, we wear red and blue, we wear green, we wear, you know, we have a mascot that's, you know, a lion and all that kind of stuff. There's a, a palpable sense of community mm-hmm. that I think if students feel that their parents feel a sense of the community, their peers feel a sense of community and they feel that from their their teachers and the school leaders they're in and all the members of the school community, um, then you have a a very good chance of being able to make all of the systems and processes you put in place flourish uh, to a greater extent. Um, There are some schools who put some good systems in place or have some things that look good on paper, but they don't necessarily have that sense of community. And that is a huge missing piece if it's not there.
absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, I do strongly believe in the aesthetic experience and I've really come to believe um, through my experiences of uh, the importance of the classroom environment as, you know, acting in the role of the third teacher, as it were. You know, a great aesthetic experience is when the teacher is so inspired by what they are doing, the students are so inspired, they're all continuing to learn together, the teacher is continuing to learn from the student. And then the environment that they create off the back of that enthusiasm and the allowance of the school to allow the teacher to create that environment, then that environment becomes the third teacher as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, there is a philosophy on that which you know, is would be a conversation for another time, but that right. is that is something I particularly um, believe is beneficial in this day and age, and especially with, you know, we can't ignore the the the, uh, the it's vital for us to to pay close attention to the increasing levels, alarmingly increasing levels of anxiety, and I think that space and aesthetics can help help with that help. You know, a lot of what I'm focusing on in this project is high school in particular, and, um, you know, the, the worries about all these disconnects and everything that we've talked about. But I, I think from your perspective and your experience, what would you like to see happen for high school students that feels impossible right now? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, if you want successful high school students, they have to have had a successful and enriching primary experience um, and because they don't just arrive at age 11 into high school you know or middle school and high school right so I think for me I I do I've always existed with a whole school perspective I, I think that the early years are absolutely vital the early years experience followed by an engaging and enriching primary grade elementary grades experience will then inevitably set up for high school so that is still a part of the piece, I think, that we have to keep an eye on very closely in a, in a, and really value. But I think one of the biggest things is um, what we talked about earlier, the, the, the welfare part of, of things for students is, is something that is and should be um, a concern and it is, a, it is inevitably a concern more than ever before. Mm -hmm. Uh, what should we be doing? I think that in terms of, you know, outcomes, we, we really do need to go back to, to looking at and ensuring that teachers are um, trained and develop and receive appropriate professional development in terms of process rather than outcomes, rather than focusing on grades. I think as much as we can move away and educate our school communities, um, districts and, and, environments that we all work in away from grades and even though you know grades are useful mm -hmm. if you a student is looking at going to a certain school that wants a certain grade that's useful but that should never be the measurement of a person or a person's experience you know it's that it's that thing about the dancer who you know was asked what did you get out of four years of dance and she said a b you know mm -hmm. Obviously, she was passionate about it and wanted to go on and, and pursue it as a as a career. But the B really in re, in relation to the experience is completely irrelevant. 
-hmm. because the other thing with a grade is you can always go back and do it again. Mm -hmm. I'm a great believer in that. But the process, the four years that you've devoted to that, Mm -hmm. you know, just one example, is um, is the most valuable thing. That's Mm -hmm. that's it. So I think that um, we just need to do a a little better job at at focusing on the students realizing that they are the process that they are in in the here and now. Right. Is the important part of it. The outcome will come off or a positive outcome like a a good grade or examination result will is will be the um, the offshoot of, of a positive experience. And that the learning is through the experience, mm-hmm. not the great. That's great, Tim. I think I actually, and I see that what you're describing there is actually inextricably related to the wellness problems that we're seeing. Yes, because absolutely, it's because the students that are in these really uh, results-oriented mentalities uh, yes. don't feel in control of their situation. So instead of enjoying the moment or enjoying the process, or learning from failure, all those things that I think as adults we value, uh, or people with more experience value. So, uh, so okay. Um, so what, what advice would you give the next generation of school leaders about leading schools into what in quite literally in five, six, 10 years time for sure. I mean, the world is changing so fast. So, you know, what advice would you give the next generation of leaders about leading schools into the future? Yeah, absolutely. I would say focus on the environment, focus on building and maintaining uh, a culture of of kindness and empathy and community, Um, awareness of of individuals and um, mental health for all, positive mental health, um, support, um, but also, uh, you know, embedding the notion that failure is a good thing. And we all need it. And without it, we're not going to learn and grow and, and, and kind of encouraging that as being a positive thing rather than something that a student might even feel ashamed of or, or mm-hmm. nervous about or worried about. And I think as, if we can take as much of that off the table as possible, um, students, I think, inevitably, with a good community, will even support each other more and more, mm-hmm. help lift each other up. And, you know, somebody stumbles and falls and somebody, uh, somebody picks them up. Um, and I think if we can, in, if we can embed that and, and have that as a kind of running theme that generation could go on to do really great things in the world this is an ongoing thing i think one of the things that we appreciate and know is that this is an ongoing conversation and it will be for many dedicated educators for sure the the only thing to add is you know we we both have an appreciation for for a number of uh people, some pioneers and some philosophers and, you know, the late, great Ken Robinson, Sir Ken Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, I go back to listening to him, and I know his daughter recently has been recording some 
audio versions that they were working on together before he sadly passed away. And, and I'm looking forward to reading and hearing them. They, um, that we know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, good educators know what to do. It's just how do we get it started or bring everybody else on board? Mm-hmm. And I think for, for us, that you know, those of us that are thinking the way we are, which I do believe is the right way, um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges we have. So we'll continue to focus on that as well, won't we, and, and figure out how we get the, the good practices started, where they need to be started, and how we bring everybody else on board. That's great. Thanks so much, Tim. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Mr. Hainsworth for spending a little bit of time uh, talking with us on the GFL podcast today. Certainly, Tim leaves us with some important things to think about as we design our schools going forward. Um, I really appreciate his focus and and, uh, interest in process over results. I think that's a topic that bears uh, some more exploration going forward. Um, And then certainly the closing comment or the idea that uh, we already know what to do. I think I'm very much in agreement with Tim on this. There's a lot that we know that should be happening and that can be happening. And our challenge is to shift those mental models and get our communities on board with what we need to do next. So thanks, Tim, for your contribution to this project. Really appreciate your time and uh, certainly wish you the best and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Go Forth Learn podcast. We'll look forward to coming to you again with a new episode in the near future. Thank you.